0: Computer. Awesome! So I'm just going over to Facebook now to go live. Go live on Facebook, share in the group. There we go. Preparing live streaming preview. It's just preparing it's looking which door to look in <laughs> equivalent of technology
1: mm, you've become an expert <laughs> ah. Yeah.
0: Okay, we're going live, clicking the go live button. Awesome, here we are, going live. Preparing for your meeting for Facebook Live. Da, 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 da. Not sure if it's live already. All right, so Heather, welcome. Thank you. So it's so nice to meet you, meet you technologically <laughs> yeah. in, uh, in Cyberland. And so, this is the third of my series in where did you get started, what made you get out of your corporate career, and any any questions that you would have, uh, any ideas or tips that you would have for women who are listening. So, me, I'm Christine Stowe, I'm the um, group convener of Ignite Your Passion, and what I'm doing is lighting the pathway for women to get out of their corporate career. So, if they're in a corporate and they feel... Overworked underpaid and most of all they tell me that they feel overlooked. So I'm mapping out or talking to women to find tips and tricks that they could can share with the women who might be listening and As of the 17th of August, i there'll be a challenge in the group and that's the ignite your passion challenge, so I think when you're aligned to your purpose a lot of women that are 150 women that I've talked to over the last three years, all had a, a passion and wanted to align it to their purpose. And I wanna share these highlights so that if women are feeling stuck, that they you know, get something out of, and I'm getting a lot out of these interviews, it's really fun. So Heather, before, we go, before I keep going on forever, Heather, the farmer's market lady, tell me about how you got to where you are now. Or what it is you do.
1: Sure. Um, so all of my career has been in healthcare, um, and when I immigrated to Australia about 18 months ago from traveling around the world and working in health around the world, I decided I wanted to do something different. Um, and in particular, I I just didn't want a boss anymore. Uh, that was that was um, my primary premise of leaving my corporate and exec life. I've I've been a hospital CEO in the private sector for about 15 years, um, and if
0: so the CEO, aren't you the boss?
1: Uh, sure, but you report to a board. Everyone has a boss. A board, and then the
0: government. Yeah.
1: Yep. Everyone has a boss. <laughs> so, um, it's a little bit trickier as a CEO because you have lots of bosses. So mm-hmm. you have lots of people telling you what you can and can't do. <laughs> and, yeah. So, um, anyway, sometimes, so,
0: sometimes the bud's like a family that fight amongst
1: themselves yeah, and that's, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> so when I moved to Australia, I decided I wanted to do something different and I have a real passion around, um, good food, um, healthy food in particular and getting your healthy food in a sustainable, um, lowering your carbon footprint manner. So in the neighborhood I live in, which is Miller's Point, uh, we do not have anything like that. We don't have any grocery outlets. We don't have any fresh food places. It's very limited. So I began going to farmer's markets, doing my research. And I started applying the same skills that I learned working in hospitals. You have to get your data, you have to do your research (laughs) you have to understand how things operate you have to understand your competitors you have to understand your customers exact same things that you would learn in any other corporate life and just applying them to a new career Mm. and that's then with all of my research that i had conducted and with working with the collaboration of the city of sydney we were able to start our first farmer's market the second week of February. This year? Yep. So in my many years of working in health, I've always had to work with government leaders and whatever compliance regulations there were in that country. So um, that benefited me with working with the city of Sydney as well and getting this market started.
0: So my background started out in corporate or with government testing drugs and blood alcohol then I went into medical sales and then found out there was something wrong with my second daughter and since then I've been in not-for-profit and I've got involved in politics so I was um, elected to local council and people often say oh you know the government they're really difficult to work with but but I think I've always just worked with them just Mm -hmm. go and ask for what you want but there's people seem to get afraid or Yes, yes, there's a runaround. Yes, and I go well. That's just governmenty stuff. Just kind of go. All right, that's the governmenty stuff, and just work with it. I mean, what would you say about that?
1: I would say you have to have resilience and an appetite. <laughs> if you don't have those two things, then don't work with government, <laughs> because the bureaucracy is astounding. Yep. And if you don't have the appetite to want to achieve what you're your goal is and you don't have the resilience to work through every piece of paperwork to get to where you want to go then yeah you shouldn't work with government
0: yeah look you know we get the ndis and i i say you know decide what i want and then figure out how to get it i don't get caught up in the you know in the problems because if you look for problems you'll find them
1: yeah for sure
0: (laughs) so you know if i'm looking at local government I go okay what do I want to do but some I guess sometimes it's not always easy to find the person that you're going to talk you want to talk to and sometimes like talk to him
1: Hmm. yeah yeah I've definitely had that happen more than once (laughs) Um, but yet at the same time we have things that happen all the time during a farmer's market where we do need the city to help with us and work with us And they've been brilliant on those types of things, Um, but there is an enormous amount of bureaucracy to working with the city. And working at a city of Sydney-owned community centre is another level (laughs) Uh, of—it's another level of bureaucracy. I'll call it. Yeah,
0: but but I wouldn't say it's special. They're all like that. (laughs) I think. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like you say—you have to have resilience, and I think just a, a focus on you know what you want to get out of it. So, so how did you go about like, so you came to Sydney, were you working when you came to Sydney? Did you have a job that you had to leave? Yeah. I
1: I did find another job when I, when I got to Sydney to help pay the bills.
0: Yeah, And then you decided to, to do this, which is entrepreneurial,
1: like to do something like that. It is highly entrepreneurial. And what I'm also doing is supporting other entrepreneurs. So including farmers as well as small business, by having them be vendors at our farmer's market.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: we were one of the few farmer's markets in the city that was able to operate during the height of COVID-19 restrictions, because we fit in the category of a grocery store. Um, so we were defined as an essential service. So especially in April and May, when we were at the, the peak, um, we were able to operate. And because we were able to operate, we were able to save several small businesses that had no other means of making revenue or reaching customers than through our market. Wow. So that that was pretty cool that we were able to do that as well as being able to support our neighbors and our community during that time by keeping people socially distanced, but yet they could get out. They could yeah. see their neighbors as they were coming and going. Mm-hmm. They may have even walked with their neighbor to come um, we also supported elderly and those that were uh, self-isolating by doing home deliveries. And they were just so appreciative of knowing a neighbor was doing this during oh, the of COVID. Wow. And being able to buy fresh food is essential and being able to keep your immune system healthy. <laughs> so
0: I'm just, other... I'm just listening to this and thinking of all the people that this would help listening to, you know, what you're saying. I know there's a lot of, friends of mine that I know are very community minded and would love, I'm sure to set something up, you know, in Melbourne, um, maybe not in the next four weeks. um.
1: Yeah. It might be a little tricky, but there's a lot of groundwork that has to be done before you can get started. So they could certainly get that going in the next four weeks.
0: Yeah. But there's also the opportunity to, you know, if they can get something going like food delivery and that sort of thing to, you Mm -hmm. know, bring some of that, because if we're going to go and like we're in, supposed to be staying home and wearing masks i don't know what the next they're going to shut down businesses but somehow food's got to get to people so yeah yeah especially
1: yeah. if you can get food from a farmers market it's it's much better because most farmers markets are outside so then you're not breathing recirculated air when you're getting your fresh fruits and veg and your other products and you're supporting much smaller businesses
0: and you're out in the sun I think they're saying the sun's good for well the sun's good for being healthy and you know yeah I won't say anymore <laughs> I think it's it's great to get out in the fresh air and for me uh, when it came to lockdown firstly I thought well what does this mean or what does it really mean you know if I'm going to be locked down in my house it's just myself and my special needs daughter what does it really mean I'm going to be in the house what am I going to miss out on going to the gym but what do I really need food and her medication so once yeah. I had those things covered off and then you know, zoom meeting started it's not always I, I can't say that oh you know I just popped up happy every day you know <laughs> because there's this sense of oh well you know same old same old but yeah. once I you know figured out how to get things delivered then it was like well you know it's not too bad. The thing for me was I felt I felt less pressured. Yep. I don't have to be anywhere.
1: Couch, well, bed. <laughs> a personal advantage to me with um, operating a farmer's market once a week, especially during the height of a COVID, is it is a built-in exercise program.
0: <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> I mean, I've been counting my steps. I can imagine you're probably 30,000 steps. <laughs>
1: Well, because in setting up a market, there is a lot of manual labor. You're moving stuff, you're lifting stuff, you're you're guiding people around through, you're carrying stuff, you're, you know, and it is, you don't even realize it, but you are exercising it, yeah. and at, at quite an intense rate sometimes. So um, it's been a built-in exercise routine for me, <laughs> just setting up our market on a, on a weekly
0: basis but I think that community coming together community collectiveness like you know when I've been at the supermarket to get food and I see people just wanting to connect you know there's talking and you know it, it's it's awful for the people that are affected but I think there's been a, a different sort of connection coming together with a you know community and you'll know, see a lot of people um, like myself going well this is okay. It's been a chance to redirect.
1: And some other things that have come from our farmer's market, um, moms bring their kids, dads bring the kids, and they have organically formed a play group on the, on the play area. And it's just simply because it's a Monday and it's a Monday afternoon. I've come to do my shopping. Oh, all my kids can play with someone else. Yeah. And so now a natural organic play group has been formed. Um, Another gain is a couple of our neighbors are very talented musicians. Oh, wow. And they want the experience to be able to play to crowds. So they play their music for us. And now they've in turn brought in more musicians and more musicians. And we hope soon that some of our artists in the neighborhood, they will, will be able to display and sell their art during the farmers market. Um, So this is the sort of thing that we're we're hopeful, we will grow as our market grows. Do you have men's sheds up there? No, we don't have a men's shed anywhere near us.
0: Because we've got a market that runs locally and the men's shed opens up on that day and I've got some great woodwork Mm, um, out of the men's shed. That's probably something, for the future
1: <laughs> there is a men's shed in i think it's glebe and i have approached them about coming to our market to sell because they have some beautiful stuff and and they do seem to have a lot of stocks so <laughs> could be an option for them so
0: if you were to if you're talking to somebody who's in corporate who's feeling
1: burnt out and doesn't want a boss anymore what would you say to them uh, do your research on what your passion is, other than what you're currently doing. Um, it's it's wonderful to have the passion, but if you haven't done your research well enough to know what your business plan is and take the time to lay the foundations and the and the framework correctly or the best of your ability before you start, you're constantly going to be chasing your tail. Mm-hmm. So get your company set up well, get your tax advice early on, get how your mechanisms for how you're going to sell. Do it the way you want, the way you envision it right from the beginning because trying to do it later is very, very difficult.
0: Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Um, Danielle, who I had on Wednesday, she set up food truck service. And it sounds kind of similar where she helps food trucks to book out Mm. to different spaces. And yeah, so I mean, as I said, I've talked to over 150 women and they have fantastic ideas, but no idea really how to get started. And the first thing that I say to them is write it down. Yeah. Write it down what it's going to look like, because that brings a different perspective. Once you put it into writing, it also helps to put i say i was helping women write grants i say put passion put form and function which is writing it down in your business plan your figures around your passion and purpose Mm. and then it it makes it happen it comes and and it's also if you are dealing with government people mps or if you go to them with figures if you go to them with a a plan they want to make they want it easy yeah they want to. They want to go. Okay, yeah, I, you know, I can see the benefit. If you go to them with an idea, and it doesn't have something they can hang on to, mm-hmm. then it's less likely you're going to. You know, it's more likely if you've got a business plan, they're going to yeah, I wanna, you know, take it on, and, and take you know credit for it too.
1: Well, and you must be able to summarize your business plan in that three minute pitch, because that's usually all about politicians have for. <laughs> whatever it is you're trying to garner support for is about three minutes is their attention span a lot of them so yeah
0: but it's not just politicians i think um people in general you know we're all sort of busy and and you gotta really you know nail it when you're selling something yeah yeah so it, it is important but it's it's not just important because you want to talk to politicians it's important to know what your value proposition is
1: oh sure and i mean that's just in a government context if you're trying to get approvals or, or get a grant or whatever it might be. If you're in the space of working with customers, then it's a very different role. Um, yeah. But again, a, a skill set that most women would learn in their corporate lives. Treat others like you would wanna be treated. Uh, ensure that your customer feels special Think about why you left your corporate life. Maybe you didn't feel special anymore. Maybe you just felt like you were a cog in a wheel. And if somebody had just taken you aside and said, "You know, you're a great person. You're, we really value you," you might have had a different opinion of your work. That's exactly what your customers want. Yeah. they do want to know that they're the special one, that they're getting the special deal or the special thing, or the when you paid attention to them. Um, and I think when you can recognize how you can do that with every customer, there is a way you can do it with every customer. Mm. That's how you really begin to build a base.
0: And I found my most difficult customers, my best customers, because mm. once you solve their problem, you know, they're, they're your biggest fan. Yes, so if you, can, sure. if you can work through that and, you know, same would apply with working through with government. if you you know, can work with them through something and certainly that's what I've seen in our local government area here, yeah, that they call you back. Mm. Oh, you know, Heather's Heather's the farmers, my you know, talk to Heather. You know, maybe Heather can do this as well. Once you get on their radar,
1: then you know, they they want to work with you some more. Yeah, for sure. And they um, they'll go tell their friends.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um one of the things you touched on was um transferable skills you said you know the things that you you learn in corporate and i know for me um you know i've been writing grants i've been 100 percent successful in getting grants and projects off the ground and i thought well why is that why is it i just find it easy you know what is it and then i realized that in my sales life i was writing proposals mm. so it's the same skill set mm-hmm. and i know that you know women have developed these skill sets not just in their corporate life, but juggling family, juggling house, juggling, you know, there's skills that you develop that you don't realize. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of, when I've talked to women, they're like, oh, you know, and for me, I thought if I want to step out and do something, I was going to recreate the same thing I was doing. You know, I thought to me, I have to create a medical sales company. So just recreating the same life right. with more stress. Right. But you have Transferable skills that you can use in a different context.
1: Absolutely. Um, uh, most women would, in a corporate life, have the ability to um, garner their time management. That's going to be key in anything that you do on your own. Most women in a corporate life would understand how to work on a team or work with others. Mm-hmm most women would know what a client is, what a customer is, what a, whatever it is that you're trying to get your thing into someone else's hands, yeah. <laughs> they totally will understand what that is and figuring out what that value proposition is for them. Problem solving, I think yeah, you get good at problem and solving. troubleshooting, yeah. most women absolutely will know troubleshooting in their corporate lives of what is this little tiny or very large crisis, but how do I take it into bits so that I can actually solve this as a overall problem? Um, Working with difficult people. um, Every woman would know that in their corporate life and will, it will do them well when they get outside of their real, get into some of their own business.
0: I was going to say uh, negotiation skills, like no matter what, well, you know, yeah, even if you're not in sales, yeah. you have to negotiate with
1: upper management. Well, We're negotiating all the time, especially with coworkers, with bosses, with clients, you know, we're negotiating all the time. It's not necessarily a negative. It's just what we do all the time, especially in, in Western countries.
0: Yeah. No, I was just saying that, you know, we've got these negotiation skills that we, don't realize we have that you know use hmm. it so much that's fantastic I really appreciate you coming on live today oh, and sharing with me. us thanks and yes yeah, so if anyone's got any questions and post them in the Facebook group we'll come back and answer them and if sure. I'm not sure if you shared your link with me but we'll pop your link in there as well so that if anyone wants to have a chat to you or come to your
1: market that'd be great yep absolutely and Miller's point we're just around the corner from the rocks and the CBD of Sydney so very touristy area makes
0: me want to go there and and check it out
1: (laughs) all (laughs) right i'm just
0: i'm just going to stop the stream on facebook and stop